I'm Chris Turner, and this is Tapestry's Empowered to Connect podcast. And with me this evening are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Chris, what's up? Line. Line is what's up, Ryan. <laughs> yes, the topic for this episode is line. It's something we all deal with as parents, no matter whether our kids are biologically ours, in our care through the foster care system, or adopted. All children lie, because all people lie. I was about to add, because all people lie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so... Since this is something we all have to deal with, and it seems to be more prevalent with kids from hard places, mm-hmm. let's see if we can help out our fellow adoptive and foster parents. Okay, let's see if we can be of any help. So what kind of line do we routinely deal with? Hmm, all kinds of lines. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, um, yeah, so, so we kind of think about lying this way at our house, and it has helped us. So maybe I can just share that, because we've... We've kind of grouped lying into four into four categories. Okay. Category number one, reaction in the moment. Who took the cookies? It wasn't <laughs> me, even though they're like crumbs on your shirt. Right. Yeah. So it's a self it's a self preservation um, issue in the moment, mm-hmm. right? So you lie to avoid being into trouble, or or more more to the point, you lie because you think if you tell the truth, you will be in trouble. Right. Okay. So there's that, um, which is probably you know the most common thing that most parents encounter, right. whether they have kids from hard places or not. Number two is you're just actually recalling something the way you remembered it. And my favorite example of that is um, is when you hear a new song and you really like it, and then you're in the car a couple of days later and you hear the radio again and you start singing along. And you have no idea that there was like an alternate lyric version because the lyrics, they've changed the lyrics. On you, right? <laughs> right. you're, and you're convinced that you have the lyrics correct. And I think that happens a lot of times with people um, is they just recount the story the way, the way they remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason number three. Well, can I give another example of that? Yes. I think, I think on the, it's like that telephone game that you played like as a kid, right? Mm. Where you, you start off and you have like one story that's told it's like a phrase and then you tell it to the next person you tell it to the next person and it kind of goes down and it changes over time and you think that you are telling the story or you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a good example well it's it, well to, to go with your example is that the oreo Speedwagon song that we were talking about <laughs> earlier before we started recording <laughs> i heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another you've been messing around and every time i hear that i think the one thing that I'm sure of is that that girl was not messing around because there's many people who are involved in that relay of that story. The truth's not getting out at the end. Right. It's kind of like that, you know. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, reason number three is that you want to deceive somebody. Mm. You make up a story, you're willfully trying to deceive somebody. Which is, I think, sometimes as parents, the one we we latch onto. Right. Even though the kid's three and doesn't really know what line by deception is, we kind of assume that because as adults, we have that experience of actually having been deceived through line by older people. So, And and I'm glad you brought adults up because I want to circle back to that um, in in a minute here. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Consider how much parents lie to their children. Mm. Can we go to the park? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) An hour later. Can we go to the park? Stop nagging. (laughs) 
That may happen at other people's homes. <laughs> right, never happens at ours. No. Uh, and then the fourth reason is the one that I think is probably uh, the most troubling mm-hmm. and the one that's probably the least understood. Because when we talk to people about why kids like because we get asked this question a lot um, wherever we may be. And that is that some of our kids have such horrible memories and such tragic stories that their mind as a means of self-protection has created memories, right? So the real memory is so horrible that you create a fake memory to replace Mm -hmm. the real memory. And over time, that becomes the real memory because that narrative gets told over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But like with all healing, we know that you know, once our kids start feeling safe in our home, they come to understand that they can trust us and that trust starts to grow. Mm-hmm. The defense mechanisms um, change slower, right? Mm-hmm. So even though even though we're coming along in relationship, you know what I'm saying? Right. Even though we're coming along in relationship and we're developing the trust with our children, those old defense mechanisms and survival strategies that they've incorporated over time don't they don't go away at the same rate as trust is established if you're, if you're actually building that trust relationship with your children. So you may be in a situation where um, your, your child makes up an elaborate story, you find out that it's not true, and you just get really upset with them because they're lying. But, um, you know, they have, and Kayla can speak a little bit about this, but about they've disassociated themselves from reality, mm-hmm. right? And they've created an alternate reality because it's more palpable. And lying is a tough one, especially for Christian parents, because we were all raised that you could do anything you wanted, but you better not lie. Like somehow we, we, we were programmed like the worst thing a child can do is lie. Mm. And yes, I get that lying's wrong. I get all of that. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing a child can do, no. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but we just really get really, really talked up over this issue of lying, uh, particularly in Christian families. I know for our family, our children have often gotten in more trouble because of the lie than they might have gotten into from whatever it was they're lying about. Yeah, and, and that's frustrating <coughs> because because what happens is we point out to our kids, hey, guys, every time you, you've been honest with us, we have celebrated that you were honest with us, mm. and there weren't big consequences, or sometimes there weren't any consequences for whatever the lying was about. And so we have tried so hard... Um, to really have, to really reward honesty, and in terms of incentivizing honesty instead of um, punishing dishonesty, we've tried to really incentivize honesty, and that's what becomes frustrating because over time you're thinking, well, you know, every time you just are honest with us, we really celebrate that with you, but here we're still lying about something today, right? Um, and that's why that fourth thing about your mind gets used to making up making up these stories. Because the reality of your story is so bad that you just can't, your mind can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think with that fourth one, I think it's, we think it's willful deception and what it really, it, it really is that defense mechanism. And it's really, they don't even realize they're doing it. There's no um, thinking about the consequences mm-hmm. or thinking, of, I mean, there's no, there's no logic or rationale to it. And those are the most frustrating lies because you go, I, I don't even know what you were thinking. Like, what? why would you say that and not think that people were going to tell me that? Mm-hmm. Or why would you tell me that and not think I was going to check with your teacher or, you know, whatever, right. whatever it is. And they kind of look at you with that blank stare on their face like, 
don't, I don't know. And they really like, don't know. Right? They really don't know. Yeah. Or worse than that, they're like, but it's true. Mm. And they really and truly believe that it's true what they have told you. So why um, won't you believe somebody me, else that, please. yeah, why won't you believe me? I, I don't understand why you don't want to believe me in this, even when presented with hard evidence. Mm. And I think that's probably the most difficult, um, because when, when a child's doing it as a defense mechanism, I think over time, there's still going to be some of that. That's, I think it's developmentally appropriate for kids. They go through a phase of telling a lie or trying to see if they can tell you something, but most kids, when they do that, when they are caught, there's mm. some feeling of, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And you can almost see it on their faces. Like mm. most kids are not really very good liars. Right. And so what we, what I early on, what I thought was, well, I'm going to give them lots of opportunities to tell me the truth with little things. Mm. Right. And what I was doing was helping them practice be, practice be, their yeah, liars. be a good liar. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, did you brush your teeth? No. They're, they're yes. like, yes, yes, I brushed my teeth. And then I could check the toothbrush and I, it was not wet. And obviously they didn't brush their teeth. And so I would say things like, did you brush your teeth? When in reality, I knew they didn't brush their teeth because I'd already checked their toothbrush. So I would just say, okay, I, I know you didn't brush your teeth. Let's go brush teeth now. You know, so we started kind of changing the way we addressed those types of lies mm-hmm. and not not being so quick to try and hope that this time they were going to tell the truth. Right. But instead I would, um, I would give them, uh, an opportunity to lie in that moment. So right. I think it's a big trigger for parents too. lying is. Oh yeah. Because if you've ever been lied to, if you've ever been willfully deceived, right. Then your defense mechanism for that goes yeah. up. And yeah. so any type of line you automatically assume is, is willful, right? Yep. Yep. And so then you're triggered by whatever it is, especially if you've had somebody close to you that has deceived you. Mm. So I heard something interesting today um, that I'd never really thought about. And this person said that all relation, all friendships only end one way through betrayal. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Everything, everything else that happens in a friendship you can probably work past, but if that person betrays you, that's really hard for most people to get by. Mm. And so I think we associate lying with betrayal. And that's mm. why that's so hard because yeah. it's, it's, we were, as children, we were told, don't, you know, the worst thing you can do is lie. So we grow up with that. And then when our kids lie to us, it, it's all the, all the times that we were lied to. Yeah. That comes flooding, flooding back. back. Well, that's your point, yeah. right? Mm. It's every time you were disappointed. It's every time. And it really is a big trigger, and I think that's why it's such a huge battleground for, for kids and parents is because it's a, just a big trigger for everybody. And, I mean, let's just be honest. A child with, who has been hurt by an adult does not trust adults. Sometimes we take that personally, but it's not me that I don't trust. It's just me as the manifestation of adults that they don't right. trust. Yeah? So, and so if you don't trust somebody, you're not going to be vulnerable with them. Well, honesty is a tenant of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not going to be vulnerable with them, if you're not going to be transparent, you're not going to be all of those things we say we want in relationships, then logically you're going to lie. And I think parents sometimes uh, forget that, that the only real outcome for that child is to lie to you. Mm-hmm. And even and, and it's not just, they don't just lie with their words, right? It, it, that, that's one level, but it's when you lie with your actions. Like, um, like I remember a little girl 
that was in our home. And every time she didn't get what she wanted, she pretended like somebody hurt her. Mm. Right? She would cry. Owie, 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 owie. And you'd find out that nobody had owie, 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 owied her. They just wouldn't give her the toy she wanted. Mm. And so lying takes on many manifestations. And I think that's why it's really so hard for us because until you get some, not just until you get some trust established in the relationship at home, but until you have a track record of that established trust, um, a lot of what happens is going to be on a dishonest level. Mm. Or I mean, th- think about this, like over the years when we had foster placements, if they were with us for any lengthy period of time, I remember they all had this one thing in common. They would all love every piece of food we served them. They would all love it. Everything we made was delicious. Now, everything we make is delicious. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but they just thought everything was delicious. Like, I remember like a four-year-old little boy l- claiming to like salad. I mean, that's when I knew he was lying, right? <laughs> but over time, if there was any period of time, you'd notice that they start, started disliking certain foods. Mm. Because they were starting to feel like they could be honest about food. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that's, that's why lying so hard because it is the constant companion in most homes mm. and parents get worn out and they get tired and, and, and when you get worn out and you get tired, you, you stop, you know, get the, the whole keep calm and carry on thing from, from World War II. Um, you have to remember that when you're parenting children because there are no quick fixes. You know, I once heard somebody say, look, you have to accept that when your children are placed with you, they're going to lie, but they're still lying to you six months from now, they're probably just a liar. Mm. And I was like, wow, six months, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You you must never have had any children. (laughs) Yeah, and I think we have to, as parents, we have to gauge our reaction to our kids and we have to make sure that that we're not reacting from a place of emotional when the Mm -hmm. lies happen. Because if we react out of our own... um, if we react out of our own emotions and we react out of our own past hurts mm. or, or hurts that this kid just doesn't trust me yet enough to tell me the truth or that this kid still thinks that they're going to get into trouble, then we may miss bigger things like this child really doesn't know that they're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, this child is really, there's some deep hurts that this child really needs to get, um, needs to work through. So right. I think we need to, just be aware of our reactions and how we are responding to our kids mm-hmm. when they're lying. What I was just thinking was the kind of what Ryan just touched on is that, and we've said this in earlier episodes too, we have to remember that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And that with lying being such a deeply entrenched survival mechanism for our kids, yeah. we're not going to get rid of it overnight. No. And not within six months and not within a year, maybe not even within six years. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that, that long haul building the trust, yeah. the whole, we have to rewire the way the brain, their brain is firing, right? Yeah. And yeah. the only way to do that is over the long term. Well, and I think it ebbs and flows too. Like if we go through seasons of stressfulness, we're going to see the lying increase. Just mm. like we see behaviors increase around birthdays and Christmas and mm. things like that. We see the lying increase when maybe things in the home are a little more chaotic than they were. Or mm-hmm. we see the lying increase when um, maybe something really really hard has happened, um, in that child's life, whether it's something that we might not perceive as hard, but for them, it's the end of a school year 
And now they're going to have to start over with a new teacher or new mm. teachers if they're older kids. You right. know, if they're teenagers, now they've got to learn a whole new schedule. And they've got, a, you know, all these new teachers that they may or may not like or whatever. And so behaviors increase, and lying is one of those behaviors that increases is in those times of stress. Mm. I think probably the best thing that we can do as parents, especially when we're welcoming new kids into our home, is just automatically, I don't want to say automatically assume everything they say is a lie, but, but automatically. So you ass- don't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I agree. But automatically assume they're going to lie to you, right? Yeah. So that yeah. way when you, when you realize they are lying to you, it's not as big of a shock. And maybe right. you, like you were saying earlier, you don't take it quite as personally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, we talk about this a lot about, about context and perspective being important. Mm. And I think that if we don't have proper perspective, we're going to be very frustration, frustrated, excuse me. You know, and so we talk to parents about, um, you know, whose expectations are they anyway. And so we need to not have these, these lofty expectations. And we have to have expectations born out of empathy and understanding mm-hmm. and compassion and understanding that, you know, my, my, my son that's been in my house for six months, for example, um, has a compromised ability to trust and as such will probably not be the most honest person in the world mm-hmm. out of defense for him, a defense mechanism for himself. You know, every time I hear Darren Jones speak, from Darren from TCU, he asks the same question. Uh, he says the same thing and he says this. You have to ask yourself, is this willful disobedience or is this a survival strategy? Right. And the answer is usually it's a survival strategy. There are a lot of people who will say that some of the things we talk about um, is just us making excuses for children behaving poorly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or they'll say um, the things we talk about is just uh, another way for children to behave. They blame their poor behavior on their parents. And like, okay, you can believe that if you want to. But how's that working out at your house? Right. Because at the end of the day, if you choose to plant your flag in that in that parenting position. You're always going to be frustrated. You're always going to be at odds with your children. And you're just going to run out of new and clever ways to punish your children for lying. And I'm saying that in quotes, mm. right, new and clever ways. And that's why you, 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 we, we do these interventions with families. And we'll kind of say, hey, so where are you guys at? Well, he's getting his phone back next month. Like you took his phone away for 30 days. Well, they've just taken his phone away so much that they now have to afford it to be just actually have... Any, any kind of value in their mind, they have to have these really crazy punishments. Like, he's not mm. allowed to watch TV for three months. I, I don't understand how that's going to make your child trust you more. Mm. Because we always, um, and this is human nature, I'm not, not necessarily pointing the finger at anybody, but this is human nature, is that we always want to go after the, um, the symptom and never try to identify the cause. Because mm-hmm. the cause is hard work. Getting to the root of the matter is hard work. It requires commitment, creativity, courage. It requires a lot of things of you. Band-aids are easy. Um, the underlying stuff is hard. And um, you will have a little bit more peace about lying if you understand a lot of the reasons why children lie, a lot of the underlying whys to the lies. Sound like Johnny Cochran there. Whys to the lies. You understand the whys of the lies. Um, but also understanding, like Kayla said earlier, why it's a trigger for you. Because mm. 
every time you say you're pushing my buttons, you're pushing my buttons, you are in that moment confessing that the issue is yours. Mm. It's my button. And um, lying's a real hot button for families for a myriad of reasons already shared on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think um, being compassionate in the moment is hard. Mm. And we have to prepare ourselves in advance. We have to say... We need to practice outside the moment being compassionate for when they lie to us. Absolutely. And not overreacting. Because I think overreacting is really easy to do because you're like, why would you say that? Mm. What, what on earth? I know you did it. And we can get into like this battle of, I must make my child tell the truth to me and we're not going to stop until you tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it's, it's not the battle we need to win. We need to win their heart. We need to connect with them Mm -hmm. and we need to um, build the trust. And then that's when we see the lies begin to decrease Mm -hmm. We need to get to the root of the hurt. Um, so if they're in that fourth category where they really and truly don't know that they're lying, that they're they are dissociating and they are um, just creating this alternate safe place or different place to get out of the moment of discomfort or whatever it is, they, um, they need some professional help. They mm-hmm. need somebody that can help them work through that trauma. They may not even be able to give words to that trauma or they might be able to give words to the trauma. And so being able to know, okay, this is the point at which my child needs professional help mm-hmm. and somebody else to sit, to step in and talk to them. Or this is just, an, this is just, my child is using a, def- this is a defense mechanism and I need to help my child feel safe and how am I going to help them feel safe? How am I going to connect? Because ultimately we want to connect with our kids. Right. That is that fear mechanism. Yes. I mean, that's our goal, but there, there could come a point when you need some professional help to intervene and to kind of help you get to the root of some of the more severe trauma um, that may be underlying some of the lying. Well, we hope that talking about lying has been helpful. Or allow, at least allows you to have a more honest view of it. Yes. it's a good way to put it. A more honest view. That's good. Thank if you'd you like to share your honest views with us, <laughs> and you're comfortable getting them into 140 characters, you can tweet them to us at TapestryIBC. If you're a little more wordy, like some people I've been talking to, <laughs> you can email them to us. Are you at, calling us wordy? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, we all have a certain number of words we have to use every day. <laughs> and sometimes when we're doing podcast recording, we have to use more than we might normally. I have words. I have many words. <laughs> words are good. So if you've got it's lots of good. words that you need to share with us, you can email them to us at tapestry at org. Or you can post them on our Facebook, which you can find at Tapestry IBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or on the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you have enjoyed and gotten value from our podcast, we would appreciate a review in either location. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for relevant links from this episode and find more resources on our website, tapestryministry.org. Thanks for listening. 